when thinking about improving your pickleball game, drilling is often the first thing that comes to mind. But there's actually other things we can be doing off the court, which can help our game. So today I talk with strength and conditioning coach Mike El Marini about that. Let's get to the intro to hear from Mike. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, Mike El Marini. How are you doing today, Mike? Doing very well, Lynn. How are you? I would be better if it wasn't raining, because otherwise I would be out playing pickleball. Can you imagine? It's Connecticut. It is December 31st, and it's 50 degrees out. I mean, that just doesn't happen. Right. Yeah, it's been raining here in Boise, and it probably should be snowing, but no complaints here. All right. Well, I do like to start off the podcast getting a little bit into your background in terms of pickleball. Tell me a little bit about how you got involved and when that was. Yeah. So I would say my background in pickleball is a lot shorter than my background in like the strength and conditioning world is concerned. So I'd say probably exactly a year ago, Susanna reached out to the gym that I manage called Idaho Fitness Academy um, and said, hey, I'm a professional pickleball player. I know that fitness is a huge part of me continuing to be competitive in the pickleball world. Is there anyone there? that can help me out with that. And I jumped at the opportunity. I thought it was really cool. And I did have some background in pickleball in high school. Actually, we played it as part of our, one of our fitness, part of our fitness curriculum. So I had remembered about pickleball then, but this whole year training Susanna has been fantastic. I've just really deep dove into what pickleball is, the movements, the what can we do from a strength and conditioning aspect to improve on the court and stay healthy and all those types of things. So that's really exactly a year ago, I'd say, is when I kind of dove into pickleball and started to try and find ways to make Susanna the best pickleball player that she can be. The scene now, like there's a ton of young, super athletic kids coming in and they're incredibly talented but she's just trying to find a way to stay as competitive as she can and that's kind of been my job like how healthy can we stay throughout the year and what can we do to improve on some things that help keep her uh, keep her competitive as for my strength and conditioning background i've known that i wanted to be in strength and conditioning for since i was a sophomore in high school and now i'm 29 years old so i've just really dedicated myself to learning the craft, learning how to coach. I spent two or three years as an intern and graduate assistant uh, at the Olympic sports at Boise State. And I was in charge of like women's tennis, women's golf, a lot of sports that you wouldn't really think so much right away as like, oh, strength and conditioning would be a huge aspect of that sport. So I have a background of like, tennis strength and conditioning and stuff like that. So it really helped me to kind of move into, we'll get the basics of pickleball strength and conditioning, but then kind of learn how to watch the sport and see things that 
that others may not see and then how we can improve how we can improve to be the best pickleball players we can right and you mentioned a strength and conditioning coach and i think a lot of people do think of a sport like football and it's funny because i'm a tcu alumni they're going to have a chance to compete for the national championship. Their game today is at four o'clock. I can't wait to watch it because it'll probably be a once in life opportunity for me to see them go that far and, and get in, included. And it was funny because one of the things I heard about the team was that made a huge difference. They did get a new coach, but they also have a fantastic strength and conditioning coach and it makes a huge difference. But like you said, you don't necessarily think of something like tennis or pickleball with that being that important. So I'm curious as to some of the things that you've you've done with Susanna, who is a pro pickleball player. Yeah, great question. So I kind of had to look at what she does really well already and figure out how can we maximize the things that she does really well and how can I improve on the things that she feels like she's lacking. So with her being on the latter half of her career, power has been something that she's really wanted to improve. So that was one thing that I wanted to dive into right away. We started off building just like a base of strength after a long pickleball season. And then we went right into jumping. The vertical jump isn't super useful in pickleball off of two legs, but it, the benefit of it is it challenges the body to move as quickly as possible it teaches the body like hey how powerful can we really be how quickly can we really move and in pickleball you need to have that in every plane of motion laterally transverse all these types of things so i just wanted to challenge her to move as quickly as she could we did a lot of jumping a lot of single leg lateral stuff a lot of hurdle work and then that was really the main focus. And then once she really dove into the depths of her season, it really is injury prevention at that point. Things that are nagging her. Had some foot stuff a little bit. So we did a lot of agility work, working on like, how are we supposed to land and absorb force and produce force? We did a lot of work on like landing on the balls of her feet. If you watch pickleball, like the majority of the time, unless you're just standing at the kitchen line, if you're if you're moving, you should be moving from the balls of your feet. That's how the foot's meant to produce force. And that's how you're going to be as healthy as you can be when you're moving on the court. So those are things that we worked on. And it, it was kind of foreign to her to do like, well, she'd just been doing pickleball for five or six years. So to introduce like similar movements, but also something a little bit different was a good challenge. It kind of challenged her athletically and that is only, it's just helpful overall on the court. You mentioned that you have done a number of things to help her move more quickly. And even though she's in her later stages of her pickleball career, she's probably a lot younger than a lot of players who listen to the pickleball fire podcast, but that's something that I think is really important even for the recreational player. So if you were to work with somebody who's more of a rec level, but, you know, can be fairly competitive, 4045, how would you work with them in terms of quickness? Because a 60-year-old like me, probably not going to be doing a lot of hurdling, especially with with one knee without an ACL. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Great question. So 
the way that I've kind of looked at strength and conditioning as of late is I think it's great for everyone to train like an athlete, whether the goal is like weight loss or anything like that. And part of being an athlete is moving quickly. So what I would do for, I would take you, for example, someone who doesn't have an ACL in one knee, I'm sure that you're able to land in with really good technique with a very low intensity. So stepping off like a six inch box, which is less than a step size and learning how to land properly in that position actually is going to help you to produce force in the opposite direction. So stepping off the box, landing properly, and then learning how to jump up from that. There's really low levels of, of explosive work that we can do. Like it's, it doesn't have to be over a hurdle. It doesn't have to be anything like that. Whatever fast is for you is useful. It just has to be done in a safe environment. I would always recommend working on landing first before trying to do a jump. That'll just kind of give you a much better opportunity to be safe. If your body's able to absorb the force, it's going to be a lot better at producing the force. Very interesting. You're actually the first and conditioning coach I've talked to. I've talked to a number of trainers on the podcast. And actually, help me understand that a little bit. What is the difference between what you do and what like the certified fitness trainer that you might find at most gyms around the country? Great question. I mean, really, to be honest, we're technically the same. I would classify us as being the same. Just because of my background, I've always worked with athletes. The regular, like, quote-unquote, general, like, personal trainer that you would go to in a regular gym, the, their, most of their population is going to be weight loss clientele, people who are just trying to learn how to exercise. Their goals of exercise are more aesthetic. The people that I generally work with are, and all of Idaho Fitness Academy works with, is people who come in with goals for an athletic endeavor. So we have a ton of golfers, tennis players. Everyone has a goal for a sport. They're not just in there to... We don't work with people who are just in there to exercise. We're working with people who are there to improve on a, in a, I, that's the. I think that would be the best way for me to describe the difference between the two. So everyone's there to improve in a sport. They're not there to be the best weightlifter that they can be, if that makes sense. That definitely does make sense. And I know one of the things too, and this is how we connected, was that you have partnered with Susanna and I think maybe one other person to develop a YouTube pickleball channel. And you already have quite a few good videos out there. Tell me a little bit about the channel and what it's for and who it's for. Yeah. So we were talking, Susanna and I, it was actually Porter's idea, Susanna's son. He's really big into the YouTube stuff. And he's like, hey, I think if we collaborated and created a one-stop shop pickleball channel, I think that it would reach a lot of people and help this vastly growing sport. Would you guys be interested? And Susanna and I are super not really techie people. Like We're just coaches and she's a player, but saw an opportunity. 
to help more people. And I thought it was a great idea. Her job to handle the the technical aspects of everything pickleball. And he Porter wanted to bring me on to kind of see another point of view in pickleball and something that's kind of new. Strength and conditioning was the original, like you said before. But I believe that every sport needs to have some sort of training outside of the actual sport itself to help improve um, really anything within the sport. So really the whole goal was here's your one-stop shop to improve in pickleball. And the demographic we're really looking for were the beginners, absolutely, and then people who are looking to make that level jump, the people that are really interested in doing extra, um, that really love the sport and love the challenge of improving. That's really what our goal is and where we're trying to help as many as we can in that regard. And yeah, we're really excited and it's off to a good start and we're hoping to reach more people here in the future. And I looked at one, of, actually, I looked at a couple of the videos that you've done and you've got a video that talks about the best exercises for pickleball. And there was one particular exercise that was at the top of your list. And I realized for me, it was perfect timing because I had spent the last couple of days playing with some quite good players. And we were doing a lot of dinking, playing for about two and a half hours straight, no, no breaks. And I realized yesterday, I'm like, yeah, there was so much bending down, keeping low near the kitchen line and hitting those dinks and, and trying to be offensive when the ball was high. And I, I said to them the next day, I said, yeah, I actually kind of felt that in my legs. So you you actually have a video with kind of the perfect exercise, I think, to help players when they're feeling that. Yeah, I. you make a great point. If you can take a step back and think about what am I doing on the court and what can I do to help improve like what I'm feeling or the body positions that I'm in. That's what I've, that's my goal and what I'm trying to really deep dive into. And that's what I'm trying to deliver to everyone else. I watch pickleball different than probably the majority of people. Yeah. I'm going to, when Susanna's on, I'm going to cheer her on for sure. But I'm going to, I look back at those matches and I watch the movement of the players and I say, okay, what movements can we do in a agility setting, in a weight room setting as part of a warm up to help improve any of those particular movements or body positions that you get into naturally when you're on the court, but you don't realize that, oh, maybe I can improve and maybe I can improve my balance in that shot, or maybe I can bend a little bit more so that I can make a more accurate, more accurate return. Or ooh, maybe if I was balanced, or maybe if I took a little bit step further, I would have been able to attack in that position as opposed to just getting it back over. So I, I just think about it so much more analytically. And that's I'm trying to do the work and just deliver it to everyone else, and they can just take it um, and use it to help improve whatever situation that they're in on the court. Well, the one video I saw that was that best exercise for pickleball, you said it was the squat. And 
after yesterday, I'm like, I can absolutely relate to the squat being perfect to help in the situation that I described. So just, I know this is a podcast, but just kind of walk the listeners a little bit through what it means to do a squat. It's not like you're doing a squat with a bunch of weight. So kind of describe what the video talks about. Yeah. So the reason that I think that a squat is one of the best exercises is because if you go watch all the high-level pros or even recreational players that have some athleticism, bending low at the kitchen line is going to help you dink better, keep a level eyes, make better contact with the paddle. So, and the depth of the squat is actually really interesting to me. So the basic squat part is feet just a little bit outside of hip width. And the thought is to sit back with your hips and then bend down with the knees. Um, I like to focus on the depth aspect for a couple reasons. One of them is, in my opinion, the lower that you are when you're dinking, the more accurate you're going to be. Now, obviously, you're not going to like try and sit your butt all the way to the ground in that scenario. But on top of that, there's a lot of mobility that can be gained by challenging the range of motion of the squat. Like I said, a lot of the higher level players just bend really well. They're able to bend really low. It's their job. So they kind of, and some of them are just super athletic and they're able to, and they're young. And they're able to get down there easier. But my whole point is that it's not only going to help in pickleball, it's going to help you feel more loose if you do continue to challenge that range of motion. And like you said, no weight needs to be added. You don't add weight. To, your paddle doesn't have much weight to it. You're not holding a bunch of resistance there. But if you're able to challenge yourself to, to bend as low as you can with no pain, um, you're going to be a lot more comfortable in those positions if you practice it a lot, when you go and out and play, you're not going to be as sore or you're not going to get as fatigued as you would before. So really the whole goal is to, I want you to be able to, to enjoy the sport that you want to with as little limitations as possible. So if you can play for three hours and have a blast and you know, you're not, you're obviously going to be tired, but if you're not super sore, or if you don't have any knee pain or anything like that, then you're able to go out and do it again the next day and continue to do the thing that you love to do. If I decide, hey, I'm going to start doing some squats, add that to my routine besides lifting weights and doing things for balance, what do you recommend in, in terms of how often and how many in a session? That's a great question. Super tough question just because it totally depends on previous activity level, injuries. But general broad stroke, I would say three days a week, I would do squats. And if you could get, I would start with maybe three sets of 10. And every rep you work on getting as low as you can. If that becomes easy, I would bump it to like four sets of 10. And then from there, from there, I would challenge it in a different way. I would do less reps and I would do a slow count to the bottom. So it would be super extra controlled. You can, I would do like four sets of five with that. You can also do like four sets of five with a five second pause at the bottom. 
also another way to challenge it without adding any resistance or anything like that. The way that we move is we have to absorb force and then create force. So I love doing exercises that you have to control on the way down, pause, and then explode up. So that's a way, that's a perfect way to do it. If you're talking about like specifically a squat, get really competent with the movement by doing regular reps, three sets of 10, four sets of 10, three days a week. And then if that becomes easy, find a way to challenge it differently, really extra control it all the way down. Once that gets easy, you can pause at the bottom. You'd be surprised at how difficult those get as compared to just going up and down like, and like you wouldn't even think anything of it. And as I, as you talk and as I think about this, I'm thinking for probably some seniors, they might be able to get down, but not get back up. <laughs> so that's a great point. What I would do in that scenario is I would work on the squat from a chair. So if there's a seated chair that's like not really sunken in, that's kind of elevated maybe a little bit. Just work on from your seated position what the squat position would be. So I would recommend reaching arms out in front. And I did I mentioned that in the video too when we talked about squats. Reaching your arms out in front really helps to counterbalance. But you can sit up your chest really tall, reach your arms out, and just push straight up from a seated position. And you can also grab anything to help assist you. If there's a there's a stick you can grab or even a counter next to you, if you could sit your posture up really well and pretend as if I'm at the bottom of my squat and I'm going to get up, you can push yourself straight up from there. That's how I would recommend if someone was able to get down but not get up, I would start from a seated position, definitely. And as I'm talking, I'm thinking about this. This is something that I've realized in myself in the last six months to a year is no matter what, Something is always better than nothing. Don't feel like because you can't do, oh, I can't do three sets of 10, or I can't do that, or I can't do that. Think about the things that you can do and just go for it. Something is always better than nothing. If you're doing a little bit, it's going to go a long way if you stay consistent with it. That's one of the, my biggest messages I've been delivering for the last, like I said, six months to a year. And I've been seeing it in myself. I have a two-year-old boy and he changed my life and threw off my schedule like crazy. And I had to find a way to stay healthy throughout that. And that's what I had to realize for myself is something is always better than nothing. If you have 30 minutes, do something with your 30 minutes. Don't just think, oh, I can't do all the stuff I planned. I'm not going to do it. So uh, yeah, if you think about it, do a little bit, do a little bit here and there. If you stay consistent with doing a little here and there, it's going to go a long way. All right. Well, great advice, great tips. And I know you've got the YouTube channel, but if anybody happens to be in the Boise, Idaho area and wants to get in contact with you directly, where's the best place for them to reach out? Yeah. My Instagram is Mike underscore IFA. Um, shoot me a, a direct message. I work at Idaho Fitness Academy. If you're in the area, feel free to stop by. I'm there an awful lot. <laughs> but yeah, shoot me a message on Instagram, set up a time. I'd be happy to talk with anyone who's in the area. 
that just wants tips or wants some advice or, or just wants to talk shop about what strength and conditioning looks like in, in a pickleball setting. I'm up for all that. I'm, my whole goal is to help as many people as I can. And pickleball is awesome. And I, I love the community. The people are great. Everyone just wants to have a great time and enjoy the sport. So that's what I want to do. I want to help as many people as I can to do that. So yeah, if you're in the area, feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to make some time happen and help as much as I can. All right. Well, it was so great, Mike, to have you today on the Pickleball Fire podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Lynn. I appreciate being on. I appreciate you having me on. Really cool. I think you're doing a great service for everyone out there trying to play pickleball and, and learn as much as they can about it. And this community is great. I love it. All right. Well, thanks again, Mike. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.